This episode is sponsored by Paleo Valley. Paleo Valley's meat sticks have been a lifesaver during this hot summer. Since they're shelf stable, I always have three Paleo Valley meat sticks in my bag at all times. It's also been perfect for my boys' lunch boxes. I love Paleo Valley's grass finished beef sticks and pasture raised turkey sticks because they support US family farmers that focus on regenerative agriculture. These meat sticks are from animals that have never been fed grains, soy, corn, or GMOs and have never been given antibiotics. The spices in these meat sticks are also 100% organic. The sticks come in five different flavors, and my favorite is the original beef stick, and my boys love the teriyaki beef sticks and the original pasture raised turkey stick. Paleo Valley's meat sticks are a perfect snack and, frankly, a great value without skimping on quality. Each stick is about $2 with our discount code, and it comes in a 10 pack bag. Make sure to support this podcast and head over to paleovalley.comslash CATG and use code CATG to get 15% off your first order. Thanks for listening and supporting the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. Laura and I are just going to be talking really candid. This is what this podcast is all about. It's one thing to say, I want to eat something else that's not meat. It's a whole other thing to say, you need to eat something else that's not meat. If you notice that you're jumping from diet to diet, at a certain point, you have to wonder the only common denominator is me. Get outside, go for a walk, yeah. get some vitamin D, breathe some fresh air, and stay happy and healthy and, and take care of yourselves. Let's just have some real talk. <laughs> Welcome to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. Welcome back to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. My name is Laura Spath, and I am joined by my friend and co host, Judy Cho. Judy, we are on the countdown to Thanksgiving. Yes, we are. Where the kids are counting down until your family is going to be here. <laughs> How are you? Are you feeling good? Ready to go? Yeah, I'm excited for Thanksgiving. I'm excited for the trip. I don't know if I've ever really spent a lot of time in Arizona. I, I know that we've definitely. Driven by it. And I just remember it's a very red state or a red rock state, um, I should say. Yeah, it's been fun. We just celebrated my mom's 70th birthday. So that was exciting. And all the all the boys were too. You guys went to Vegas for that, right? Right. Yeah. It was easier so that they could just drive there and we then flew there. So that's where we just kind of met in the middle and it was fun. I did a lot of babysitting while when they went to gamble, I just watched the kids. And but it was fun. It was good to spend time with the nephews and And then watch some of the show. So that was a lot of fun. And it is really incredible to see, take a step back from my mom's journey and see how much she's healed along the way.、Um, she was very inflamed, obese, had cholesterol issues, diabetes,、uh, lots and lots of health issues. And now she literally takes nothing other than some supplements. And I wouldn't say her health is perfect, but it's, I mean, she's doing pretty well. And I don't think it would have been the same at all had she not become carnivore low carb because she used to fly to Korea to get like this special knee treatment when her knees would get inflamed because of the diabetes and she couldn't walk anymore.、Um, she used to go there because I guess she had a special doctor there. She has no knee issues now. And we always thought something was just wrong with her knee, but it was just a diabetic complication. And she was super strict carnivore to reverse all those things.、Right. And now she's kind of more in like maintenance mode、yes. um, and a little bit more flexible, which I think is what a lot of people do. But、right. um, that's kind of what works for her, I know, right? Yeah. So she always reels back, just like us, if、um, she needs to 
So recently she did some more dental work and this was all issues from before she was carnivore. And so there was a lot more inflammation in her mouth. And so she's going really strict carnivore for that. But then generally she'll still have kimchi, some avocado. Um, Maybe she'll have some low carb. She's a moderator. So that's like really easy for her, but she can moderate certain maybe low carb treats. But generally, yes, she's, I would say she's 95% carnivore, but she's not a hundred percent strict anymore. But I think we see that from a lot of people in the community, even like regular people in my normal life. And then I think most people find that dial of strict carnivore to more loose that, and they go back and forth right. depending on how they're feeling. I know I sent you, um, like Chris Bell is back to doing strict carnivore. He's um bodybuilder on Instagram or, you know, very does, he does makes documentaries, like really well-known guy has an awesome podcast. And, um, he was doing meat and fruit for a while. Mm-hmm. And I think he was, he's somebody like us though, who can't really moderate the fruit mm-hmm. and then also gets a lot of inflammation from that. So he had gained some weight, got some inflammation. And then now he's like dialed back down to very strict carnivore, cut out the fruit, cut out the honey or any carbs he was having. And he's lost weight, reducing that inflammation. And so it's kind of like, now I'm going to dial down to strict carnivore for a while. And then other times in his life, he might add some fruit and other things, but most of the time we can't handle those and we spiral and and then dial back down to storage carnivore. Yeah, I would love to talk to him and ask why meat and carnivore or meat and fruit wasn't enough. And maybe it's just the moderator abstainer personality. But you know, a lot of people will argue in the space that we need the fruit or we can do well with fruit because we're athletes and he's a complete athlete, right? But he, right. even for him, it didn't work out well. So I, I would be so curious to figure out and maybe it is just again, the the mental side of it all, but I'd be interested to, you know. Yeah. And I know in, the, in the, he works out, they work out crazy. Him and his brother, right. Mark Bell work out like crazy. And so they both do incorporate some fruit because of how much they're exercising. But, you know, Chris has like really terrible knees from powerlifting for years. Mm-hmm. His body's been just like really abused. He's very open about kind of the abuse his body has taken over the years from, um, drug abuse and opiates and and all that kind of stuff. And so he, he, I think his body gets inflamed a lot quicker than maybe another athlete just because of the abuse that he's put his body through. And so he has to kind of dial down while he can get away with it for a while, having fruit because he's burning off those carbs um, through all the exercise, which is like somebody you hear Joe Rogan talk about meat and fruit all the time. Well, he's exercising a tremendous amount and burning off all that sugar every day. Um, eventually it's going to catch up with you in terms of inflammation if your body's just not able to stay healthy. And I think over time, if you are using the fruit to be a glucose burner, and then you have to kick back into ketosis in the middle of your whatever exercise regimen you're doing, it's still not as seamless as if you were just burning ketones or fatty acids the whole time. So I can see. Well, and the people who are incorporating fruit like Chris and Mark Bell and even Joe Rogan, they're eating like Joe Rogan's eating elk meat and very lean game meat. They're eating lean meats. They're not eating tons of fat and carbs or and fruit for sugar, right? So they are glucose burners. And even like Chris and Mark Bell are both eating certified Piedmontese beef, which is known to be very tender and very lean. So it's like the leanest, it's like a breed of cows that are huge muscles, but like very, very lean steaks, but very tender. And so um, they are eating, when they're eating the fruit, then they're having lean meat to go along with it. And they're not having like tons of fat as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, it'll be interesting. I'm curious to see how he feels uh, back at being strict carnivore. But I think you're exactly right. A lot of my clients, they use carnivore, as we've mentioned before, as a dial. And when they need to go back to strict, whether there's an illness, whether something's just off, whether they're having a gut flare, 
then they'll go back to strict carnivore. But otherwise, people live in this range of maybe occasionally, I mean, definitely people will use seasonings. Occasionally, they'll incorporate something else that's not super sweet. And it seems to be the best way to make things sustainable. Yeah. And I know some people do like go more keto during the holidays. I've done that in years past. And to me, I can't moderate that stuff. So I tend to actually, if there's a holiday coming up, I tend to be even more strict carnivore because I know that that's a trigger for me to kind of spiral. And so if I'm going to have something that's more keto related, I'll pick like a specific day that's not a holiday. Like um, the day that we're recording this is mine and Chris's anniversary. I don't, did you know today's my anniversary? I just saw it. Um, <laughs> Happy anniversary. But, you know, Chris and I are like very strict. We're not doing anything. Like there's no special street treats today. Like we are not doing anything around a holiday, Christmas, Thanksgiving. We keep those really, really strict because I know for me, that's a very slippery slope to things getting out of control. And so if I have something that's more keto based, I would pick a completely different day outside of a celebration to have that. And then that way for me, the holidays can be really strict. Again, I know other people who can ha- be more keto around the holidays and then January is world carnivore month. And so they're able to then kind of like dial things back in, in January. I just don't try not to let myself get off track like that. And I really just don't, I can't like live in a period of time in keto because to me, things will completely spiral out of the control very quickly. Yeah, I, I feel the same. I don't, I don't think I could do that where November, December, I let loose and stay ketovore or I hate that feeling of, okay, starting January 1st, my life will get back to normal yes. or I'll get my crap together yeah. by January 1st. That I hate that feeling. And that's exactly why I made yeah. Carnivore 75 hard a couple years or a few years ago. Um, I hated that feeling. And ever since Carnivore 75 hard, I've never had a year where it's January 1st. I'm trying to get my act together. And I think it's huge not to do that through the holidays. Yeah. And I think trying to say you're not going to eat one single, like I'm going to say, I mean, this is, I don't even know how to talk about this without trying to give, I don't want to give people permission to have these things. But when we make this grand statement of I'm going to be a hundred percent strict throughout all of the holidays. And then it's like Thanksgiving day and you eat, you know, cauliflower and mashed potatoes or something. And then you're like, well, forget it. And then you end up being keto or kind of like giving up for the rest of the year. Like to me, it's about taking every single day is like, I'm going to be carnivore today and having every day, you know, like we talk about, this is not even what we wanted to talk about today, but it's like having these daily wins because rather than putting so much pressure on yourself to be perfect for this entire period of dates and then having one day that doesn't go well, and then you give up on everything. It's like, okay, tomorrow's a new day. Today's a new day. So like somebody in my locals community was talking about how she's putting gold stars on her calendar right now. Um, for every day that she's carnivore and she's like 30 days in, but here's the deal. If you have one day, that's not perfect. You just don't get a gold star that day, but then the next day you get a gold star. It's not like you have to throw the calendar down and completely start everything over again. It's like, give yourself another star the next day. Every day is this new day. And I kind of feel that way going into the holidays where there's just so much talk about how to stay on track during the holidays and how to avoid temptation. And I think that's so helpful and important. But I also think that it's like, it doesn't have to be, you know, one moment kind of makes you lose track of everything or makes you give up on everything. I think this all or nothing isn't always healthy. And it, like you said, the rest of our life is every moment of our life. And if we made a bad decision or a less than ideal decision at lunch doesn't mean that therefore the day is over. And that was a huge lesson that I had to learn 
through my whole journey and it's, and through the client's journeys, it's every moment counts. And so it's not just because you fell off now, now you're back at square one. I think the sticker thing makes so much sense. I used to do that too. So then you see the month as an entire look instead of now that I missed a star, I have to go back. It, I, I know Frisella's right. original 75 hard does that, but I think it messes with your mind too a little bit. I really think that it's all the, the reason why Atomic Habits, the reason why Charles Duhigg's The Power of Habits, the reason why all of these books do well, their whole message is, it's not that you're perfect. It's that you do things every day in the right direction. Right. And it's these small things. So it's just making sure that whatever you committed to that day that you get it done, for example, or if it's related to the diet, it's that maybe your goal was I'm going to eat 100% meat only carnivore. And then that day you ate 95%. 95% is still technically an A, right? And it's, it's still getting towards those steps instead of, well, I just ate like a, a scoop of ice cream. So now I might as well eat chips and cookies and all this other stuff. Um, What really matters and I mean, just recently, I read a book from Jim Rohn, and he talks about how the key to happiness and freedom and everything is discipline. And it's the decisions you make on a daily basis, and you can go to an hourly basis. And it's what you do, and and then what either adds up in the wrong way or what adds up in the right way. And if we can remember that throughout the holidays, it's not, okay, just this period, let's live a little, let's just enjoy the moment. We all know that we feel crappy and inflamed the next day. We feel it in our faces. We feel it in our bodies. We feel it in our energy levels. So it doesn't have to be perfect through the holidays, but just knowing that you still have the next moment is another decision that can be made in the right way. Right. And you can do so much. You have one bite. You have one small thing. You have one, the, the damage is not as minimal. Right. But continuing to eat that way and have that all or nothing mindset for the next six weeks until you get through the holidays or even the next, the rest of the day, like you can have minimal setbacks or limited setbacks, right? Or you can have massive setbacks by having that mindset. And I have said a thousand times, I'm sure on camera somewhere that I have an all or nothing personality and that one bite of something, I'm going to go completely off the rails. And that's true. That still has not changed. But I also realized that, you know, the times, when I do go completely off the rails, it's because I'm putting so much pressure on myself. And then I feel this overwhelming sense of failure. And so I'm, I've learned, I think that's been my biggest learning lesson and how I've stopped going on this weight roller coaster is to stop putting so much shame and pressure on myself. Stop putting so much pressure on myself to be perfect. Right. Right. And then also stop putting so much shame behind it if I did have something, because then I can stop the cycle so much quicker. Then it's like, okay, today's, it's a new moment. It's a new minute. It's a new day. It's like, all right, well, that wasn't smart. Like, let's get back. And I've been able to stop these 50 pound weight gains and losses. And it stopped being this, like, I'm off the rails for three months and I'm able to take things like moment by moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I still struggle with it. Um, there's weeks where I'm, I think, okay, I'm going to go meat only carnivore again and just get back to being really strict. And, and then I'll lose a couple pounds or I'll fit into my old pants or something like that. And the reality is it's just not a priority of mine anymore. Right. So there requires discipline in order to be, I guess, that level of thin in my world of things, not for healing, not for anything else other than to be aesthetically thinner. And so when I have that mindset, I know I don't have the discipline in that area because I have all these other things that I'm using my discipline for. The reality in my life is it's just not a priority to become strict carnivore because I'm not 
ill from something. My eating disorder is not out of whack. I mean, I'm not struggling with any of those things. And so it's just for the sake of, okay, maybe if I reel in the snacking, maybe if I do a little bit more extended fasting, or maybe if I eat just meat, maybe I'll lose the weight. And I still have that mindset a little bit, but it's just not a priority anymore. And that's why I can't stick to it. But when you find, I mean, we talked about this last week of is carnivore eating disorder. It's like, why weren't you eating those veggies because, or why weren't you eating that specific food? And it's because like, I was worried about not being labeled a carnivore, right? That's where I think it gets a little into this like weird obsessive um, category. But I also think that this is what I have found more than anything is when I started focusing on how can I be the most consistent I mean, it has taken me, I am 38 years old and it has taken me 37 and a half years to figure out like, how can I be consistent? And it's really only been the last year that I have stopped having these huge weight fluctuations. And I still fluctuate within like 10 pounds. And that's because of my excess skin and the excess adipose tissue, which is what we're going to talk about today in a little bit. But I still have so much extra skin that holds water that like, I still do fluctuate like 10 pounds. But in 2020, I fluctuated 40 pounds right? And before that I was fluctuating 80 pounds. And before that I was fluctuating, I could go up hundred pounds and down hundred pounds because what I was doing wasn't sustainable for me and I couldn't stick to it long-term. And I don't care. You can lose weight in the most perfect way and whatever you're doing, if it is not sustainable, I say this all the time, it will not last long-term and you will not be able to keep the weight off that you lose. You will not be able to sustain being off your medication. If however you're doing it in the first place, is not a way that you can live your life long-term. Like you have to find out how can you, what is this balance that you can live? So that way, when you're invited out to dinner by friends, you're not completely falling off the wagon. Every time a holiday comes around, it's not this huge, torturous way of falling off the wagon. And it's not like every decision and every moment is torture anymore because you're living in a way that's just sustainable for you. And you're giving yourself enough little guidelines and boundaries to just keep you on the road all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't follow much of social media, but I will hear a lot of times what's popular or becoming the new trend based on my clients. And I guess recently it's been a lot more of these macro shifts. And I always tell my clients, you have to take ownership and you have to be the driver in the seat. Someone can promise you that there will be rapid weight loss by eating lean protein. Someone will promise you that you will have rapid hormone healing or maybe weight loss. I don't know what they're saying, but if you do super high fat. But I always tell the clients that you're not going to be able to do either or long-term because that means that you have to be on a calculator making sure what you're eating is the right macros. And then that doesn't even consider the grams, it's always percentages and percentages don't mean anything. And so I always tell my clients, you have to stop listening to everybody else and be in the driver's seat and be very attuned to how your body is doing on lean protein or doing on high fat or doing on fasting or doing with the, you have to eat breakfast in the morning right? and figure out what makes sense for you because no one is going to help you stay consistent. Only you and your body will be able to figure that out. And when you are always following the next big trend, you'll never stay consistent because that's why it's a trend. And if you follow that, you will never find consistency. You will never find that balance that will truly ultimately give you freedom. Yeah. I've been using this analogy lately and stop. You can stop me if I've said it on the podcast before, <laughs> but like, it's my new favorite thing. And it's about like, 
we're driving down the road. And rather than talking about like getting off track, I have to get back on track again. It's like, there is those rumble strips on the side of the road, right? And when you're not allowed to pass, they're in the middle. And then they're also on the side of the road. And those rumble strips are a warning that you might be getting off track and that you have to make a small adjustment to stay on track. And if you're driving down the road and your car starts to shift and you feel the rumble strip, you make a slight adjustment in your car to keep yourself back on track again. You don't whip your car to the other extreme because you're going to go flying off the road on the other side. And then guess what? Then you're going to end up in a ditch. Then you got to call a tow truck. You might hit somebody else along the way. We got collateral damage. You got to find a tow truck to pull you out of the ditch. You've completely stopped your forward progress. It ends up being expensive. It's emotionally, physically damaging. Like, all of these things because you took this warning and you took an extreme reaction to it versus you feel that rumble strip and we go, oh, oh slight adjustment. And then it's, you feel the middle lane rumble strip and it's like, oh, slight adjustment. Those are the things that's that one bite of something that like, okay, wait, wait, that wasn't good. Or this is one day of Thanksgiving. I ate a piece of pie. Like, oh, oh, okay. Back on track. Like rather than saying like, I ate a piece of pie. I got to go hundred percent strict back exercise, fasting. I got to punish myself. I got to do all these things. And you go flying off the road in the other direction. And so everything that I've been focusing on the last year has been like, how do I just keep moving forward? How do I stop allowing myself to end up in a ditch? And how do I take these small moments and warnings and like do everything I can just to like move forward, move forward, move forward. And it's, and stop having extreme reactions to things. And I think that works with anything that you're dealing with, whether or not you're having temptations or treats or whatever, or even just what you're doing is not working for you. Make a slight adjustment instead of making an extreme adjustment that ends has you going completely in the opposite direction and makes things worse than it was before. I think as humans, we want this quick fix. And so when people oftentimes go off the rails then they'll start thinking the next day they're going to do a 24-hour fast or an 18-hour fast and then just eat only beef and do all these things to make their diet super strict. But the answer, the best way to make it more consistent is to just let the process unravel in a way that's very slow and steady. So maybe right. when you were you derailed and you gained some weight, maybe it'll take two weeks to lose some of that weight. But if you do it in a way that's slow and steady, it often will be, you can stay consistent and it's not as difficult, but people don't want that, right? They want the quick fix. But it's like you said, if you do these quick, sharp turns, oftentimes you're, you become lost a lot more and you end up being in the same spot. Um, right. Let's say you started lean protein and, and then a couple months later, you're back at the same spot. I know when we're new to a diet, we need advice from people that seem to be experts. And this is part of the reason I don't like social media. I mean, I know social media offers all of this and we are all connected because of social media. So I know that there are a lot of wonderful things about it. But I think one thing it does is with this whole role of influencer, it's I know more than you and you are just a person that should be listening to me because I know more. And I think that is just, it's just a number. It's just a superficial number that a, a group of people said that you deserve the following, but that doesn't mean that you necessarily have the answer for everyone, if that makes sense, right? Like, I know I don't have the answer for everyone. I know you don't have the answer for everyone. But right. but when we give up that role of the driver's seat, um, that's when we will never, we're going to spin our wheels forever and we'll never get to healing 
because we think, oh, if I listen to this influencer or that influencer or this doctor or that doctor, they have the answer. But instead, all you're doing is spinning your wheels in a complete circle. Yeah, and nothing is going to work if you can't stick to it. And that's right. where I, I mean, it's, I, I know people hate this answer, but when people are like, how do I, I just can't stick to it. I keep, I'm good for like a week or two. And then I completely fall off the rails. Like you have to find a way to do this, that you're going to stick to it. Number one, right. you have to just make the decision. You're going to do it. Like at the end of the day, Agreed. you have to be in a place where you're at bottom and you're going to do it. And then the second thing is you have to do it in a way like only you know what's sustainable for your lifestyle. And if you can handle going out with friends once in a while and having things, or if you can't, I can't handle going out and just having, you know, treats and things occasionally. Like you have to know what's sustainable for you and what's going to help you stay on track. And I think that level of strictness or flexibility or, you know, whatever that is, only you can make the decision of what that is. And it's also hard. It's two things. It's hard to be honest with yourself enough right. to 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 do it because sometimes we want to lie to ourselves and convince ourselves that we can handle it. And then also just, you know, once you can truly look at yourself, it's going to be different for everybody. And that might be different than your spouse who's carnivore. Like Chris and I handle things very differently. He's been having keto brick, like a couple bites of keto brick after his meal every day as like a little dessert. He's been having the chocolate element. And for for mornings, like he's in maintenance mode. He's not trying to lose weight. His health is fantastic. He's been able to incorporate like a sweetened element um, with his coffee in the morning or whatever. Like it's, we don't drink coffee, but you know what I mean? Like a little bit of coffee <laughs> and water anyway. And then he's also having, you know, this chocolate malt keto brick, a couple bites after lunch. Like he's finding what works for him. And that type of small bite of something is going to help him to stay on track and not go off the rails with actual pints of ice cream. When in reality, to me, having those things that are sweet and chocolate, like I just, I would eat that and say, Ooh, I need to eat the whole thing. Or I want to eat something. It's like, it just has to be different. You have to figure out what that, what's going to work for you. And you can't let anybody else tell you what that is. Only you are going to know that, but you have to be honest with yourself. That's the hard part. Yeah. I, I think it really comes down to people. I, instead of devouring social media and figuring out what is the exact equation to make this diet work. Because over time, it is not that you don't know enough about the diet and what levers you need to pull. Like there's right. definitely elements of that. But generally people, even in my clientele, the reason they cannot stay consistent is because there is some element of their motivation or lack of motivation or something that's difficult in their mind that makes it hard for them to stay consistent. And there is I, a, I, there is a restriction that's being given to them that they can't follow. And that's, that's the part where I, I've been reading this book called the expectation effect. And I think it's really good. Granted, I'm only 48% into it, but I think everyone should read it. It's so Did you say 48% into it? No, I said 40%. Did oh, I, I was like, only Judy would say 48% and be that specific. Like pull the number. I'm 48% away through it. Like off the top of your head. Sorry. I love that. I love you. No, no. I, I think I said 40, but no, okay. no I, I totally would do that though. You're right. Um, but in this book, it talks about so many different studies. And I mean, I like social psychology generally, and I find it so fascinating, but it talks about a lot of illnesses and a lot of things that we limit ourselves with, it's based on the expectation effect. And what that really is, is what you expect and how you expect you will do good or bad oh, yeah. in any situation. And I think that has so much truth, right? So when my clients are saying to me, oh, I don't know if I could take a supplement because I react to all supplements. And now mm -hmm. I know reading this book, it's so 
it makes so much sense. You already expect that you're going to react. So there's a nocebo effect. And the nocebo effect is that even though nothing would have happened, you already plant a seed in your mind that you're going to have a negative reaction. And so I wonder with people that are starting carnivore that have been chronically ill for 10 years, how much of you is placing this, oh, I'm going to try carnivore. No diet works for me, but hey, I'll just try it anyway. That mindset of the nocebo effect is very, very powerful. And again, if you read that book or listen to the audio, it goes study after study after study of people that are either on a placebo effect where it's a positive effect of nothing really happening, but they get a positive effect in their body. They show examples after examples of placebo and nocebo and how just the mind being told a certain thing, they they view things differently. And one thing specifically, a story that I remember was this lady said she's deathly afraid or not afraid. She has a huge allergic response to flowers. She went to doctor after doctor and there was no one that could really fix her illness. And she would start breaking out in like a histamine response, hives, eyes watering, a lot of other things. One of the doctors figured out, I think it's in her head, and not to say that illnesses are all in our head, but I mean, she was manifesting it. He brought a fake flower to uh, one of the sessions, and immediately she was reacting. And he told her, it's a fake flower. And so after she realized that, her her symptoms went down. And mm-hmm. slowly, over time, he was able to train her mind not to react to regular flowers. Because she was having real reactions, but it was coming from her brain. There's some other book too, and I don't remember what it's called, but it's about back pain essentially. And that people are so convinced that they have back pain and that it's in their mind and their mind is causing this back pain and they're like, it, they're manifesting it. And so my cousin, um, my cousin's, you know, wife was having these issues where like she was having all this back pain and she read this book and she was like, I just had to like train my mind to stop manifesting this back pain and like go through all these, you know, mental exercises and what she was having debilitating back pain where she couldn't even get out of bed and couldn't take care of her kids. And then all of a sudden she was able just to like heal it and get up and walk away because she was, she didn't realize that that was, it was in her head. Yeah, I think that book is by John's Dr. John Sarto, I think one of my clients told me about it, but and she healed a lot of her chronic illness. So she was on narcotics for chronic pain. And eventually she worked on her mind to get her pain through her system. And I mean, there's so many examples of that. So my whole point in all of this is, if we really believe that a diet is not going to work for us, or if we believe, oh, I'm good at all diets, but on day 14, I normally fall off, right? Or I can't really go that long. And you hear these words from, I hear it so many times from clients or people emailing me or um, in social media, they'll say, I can only do 10 days and then I fall off. At what point of that, is that just your mindset making you fail now? Because you believe that to be true, that you believe that day 10, you will fail. Or, or you're giving into those excuses and you're you're find, you're letting yourself find excuses on day 10 or 11. Right. When on day 10, if you just say like, hey, I've never made it to day 11, I'm going to do 11 days this time. And then you're on day 11. This is that one day at a time mindset that you and I talk so much about is like, hey, this time I'm just going to go 11 days and see what happens. And then you're on day 11 and you're like, I could do one more. Like, why not one more day? I could do one more day. And then the next thing you know, you're at 30 days. Right. And it's because it's, you're looking for those excuses, like starting around that day 10 or 11 or 12, your rapid excitement has worn off. It's getting a little more routine and you are allowing yourself to give into those temptations uh, around that time for sure. When there's a new carnivore, if we set them up with, most people get diarrhea when they first start. A lot of my clients actually don't get loose stools when they first start. Some of them get constipation. So how much of it is it 
that Joe Rogan announced that, you know, he had loose stools when he first went carnivore. And so now people expect that as that is something that happens to everyone. And it's just not true. It doesn't happen to everyone. Right. So that's where I think this expectation effect of what we believe we manifest to be often become true. And I know that sounds kind of woo woo, but think of how powerful the placebo effect is, how much that if we believe that something can make us better, that it can. And lately, from my understanding, other than this vaccine, it's becoming harder and harder for pharmaceutical companies to pass medications because the they have to prove that the medication has more efficacy beyond a placebo effect. And as more and more people learn about the placebo effect, it has such power. So they're having a hard time passing the meds because there's not a big differentiator with the placebo. So it just goes to show you how powerful our minds are. When we are starting a diet, this is why I think mindset is so important. Check your mind and do you already have negative thoughts going into this carnivore diet? Do you already have negative thoughts of... um, I'll start this time, but I don't know. I normally get weak during the holidays or I normally miss mom's pie or um, I I normally always on Halloween eat this or Thanksgiving eat that. And if we have those mindsets, it's already a uphill battle. And I think even if you have to fake it till you make it, you believe that you can get over this and you could believe that you can be in the driver's seat. You believe that you can get through the holidays and it may, it doesn't have to be perfect, but just that it's better than it was last year. And that's a step in the Yeah, right and direction. treating every day as a new day. I also think when we talk about this mindset and that placebo effect, it really makes me think of, and I don't, not everybody, but most people who are convinced that somehow like grass finished regenerative meat makes them feel differently than oh, regular 100%. store meat. I, I think 99% of those people, it's all in their mind, right? And I think that the people who talk about like, I eat liver and I, maybe the liver thing is different because the vitamin A toxicity, but like, or people who are like, I eat liver and I feel amazing. I feel like a rush. I feel a high afterwards. Like, um, what, what else is it? Or just people who say I ate in a restaurant and I swear they used seed oils because I feel so terrible. Right, like, right, I think right. you're just so paranoid about seed oils in restaurants that like one time, if I eat in restaurants every day for like a week and a half, I start feeling a little yucky and inflamed sure. for sure. But one time, ma'am, like, come on. you. I mean, I understand how people can have reactions to certain things, but I agree with you. I think a lot of that is just in people's heads of like, they're so scared to eat in restaurants or eat regular meat or eat a conventionally raised pork or chicken that they end up like making themselves sick about it. Yeah. And I think it goes back to the influencers and fear mongers of, you know, there are some providers in our space that say everything is bad for you. So be careful. And when we start planning these things in our head, and I I went through a period of that too, where I was like scared to use plastic and scared to eat certain things. And, and, and then it rules your life. And then you become orthorexic and a lot of those other things. But if we think these negative things and then you go into a grocery store, you go into a restaurant and you start eating it, or you you think, I know for sure I react to seed oils or I react to green finished meats, you probably are going to react. And that's just, it's, I'm telling you that book, physically, like an actual physical yes. reaction, because you've convinced yourself that you're going to have a phys- It's not like phantom. I'm saying you will give yourself a physical reaction. Yeah, no, the book goes into so much detail of that. Um, I believe it. There was a few examples he brought up. Some young girls, there was a city or something that people were getting this mysterious illness and they didn't understand what was going on. And they finally traced it back. There was a whole school that a lot of people were sick and then the communities around it. And there was a show where the young girls were watching a TV show of some illness 
And then they, they believed that they were experiencing it. And then one person shared with their friend. And then that's how it became a manifestation in real life of this illness that didn't exist before. It, it's that's wild. great. I believe it. Yeah. The way that that can spread, it's the, it's a mental sickness. I mean, we've seen that in the last couple of years <laughs> in a lot of ways, but it is okay. So as people go, I think it's so true though, going into the holidays, if you're saying, Oh, I'm going to have like, Oh, I always fail on Thanksgiving. Cause right. I have a piece of pie. And then I go off the rails till January 1st. Like, don't do that then. Like, I know it sounds simple, but you have to decide, first of all, you make the decision about the day. And then also you make the decision about what happens the next day. And I say that like it's easy and it's not, it is not easy. And I have, it has taken me 38 years to deal with this, but I am now finally learning after a lot of really hard work to take things one day at a time and to stop having that to make myself change that mindset of like, stop telling myself that if you have one bite of something, you're going to go off the rails. Right. Right. And and knowing that, like knowing what I can moderate and what I can't, but also just like stop being so obsessed with it. And it's, it's not that easy. And I'm saying it here now, like it's easy, but it's not, it's taken a lot of hard work, but it is mind work. It's in my brain to tell myself to take things one day at a time and to wake up every new day. It takes journaling. It takes focus. It takes this, you know, one day at a time mindset that we talk about so often your one non-negotiable thing and not putting so much pressure on yourself um, that you end up just going off the rails. And that's why I really like planning your day in advance. So let's say I know on Thursday, on Thanksgiving that I will, if I eat grandma's pie that I'm I may, I typically fall off the rails and then for until Christmas, I'm a mess. So let's say I don't have the ability to say no to the pie. And I say, okay, I may end up having a bite. I may end up having a whole piece. I may end up having the whole pie. And for that part, I'm just not going to put any rules around that, but hopefully I just have a few pieces. If it goes to a slice, fine, but it, you know, whatever that may happen, regardless, the next day, here's what I'll do that Friday. And you make a list of things you'll do. And then your commitment, your discipline, your driver's seat role is that no matter what, no matter how crappy you feel, that that Friday you do the things that you said you were going to do that Friday, regardless of the pie you ate. So that then you carry on. And that Friday, that win of even though I felt bad, I still committed and did the things I did. That will make you wholly feel better and ignore like whatever happened with the pie because you already decided that Whatever happens, happens with it, right? So it's not good or bad. And then you keep going. And then on Saturday, you, you know, you'll have a little bit of that glucose in you, but that's, that's how you can move on from things. No one on social media is going to tell you the right things for your own individual situation to do for the rest of the holidays. It's, it's up to you. And we cannot have people take our driver's seat because ultimately we know what will trigger us what will allow us to be strong and what what will allow us to keep going. And if we give up our role in the driver's seat, we will never, ever be in a place of healing long term. Take it day by day, moment by moment, but also get in the driver's seat, you know, figure out what will make sense for you day to day and, you know, listen to a little less content then. Um, that may encourage a lot of that nocebo effect and listen to a lot of content that's inspirational, that's motivational, instead of thinking, 
be scared of this in the world and that in the world and um, this food and that food. I don't listen to any of that content. My content I consume is how do I help my clients get better? And for the long term, what motivates people, what helps people to stay inspired and get better. And that's the kind of content that we as a community should be listening where we uplift each other. It's like, you had a hard day. Let's move on. Like, what can we do? What else was your win? Right? Like those are the things not, Oh my gosh, if you eat poofas, Oh my gosh, if you eat liver, Oh my gosh, if you eat this or fruit or blah, blah, blah. It's I mean, when we are filled with that negativity, plus corporate media also adding to this fuel and inflation and everything, it becomes a very toxic, hard place to live. But if we choose not to focus on that, maybe we just focus on what am I going to do after the day that I eat the pie? Like then what? And maybe it makes it easier. And I think some people want to go on vacation and eat what they want. Some people want to eat normal, quote unquote, like traditional Thanksgiving foods on Thanksgiving. There's people in my locals group who this woman came home from Thanksgiving and she was like, Hey, I'm celebrating today. I'm home from Thanksgiving. I'm, you know, I went for a walk today. I'm eating carnivore today, but on Thanksgiving, I enjoyed a couple of treats and my win. Cause we celebrate a lot of daily wins in there. She's like, my win is that I didn't binge the entire time. I had a couple of treats that I was very excited about and I'm, you know, first day back, uh, I'm already eating clean and I'm feeling good and I'm just happy. And we all celebrated that. Good. And then somebody else shared like, Hey, I went on vacation and I stayed hundred percent strict the whole time. And that's my win. And I really enjoyed my experience because I didn't let food. Abs- and we all celebrated that win. Like what works for those two people is so different. And neither one of them was right. And none- neither one of them was wrong. And they both had an amazing time because they made a plan they, you know, didn't spiral out of control. They were within the guidelines of what works for them. The other thing that kind of drives me nuts about, and I say this all the time, like why I don't do coaching is because I don't have it all figured out either. And sometimes when we're taking advice from people, like we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Like you don't know if they all have it figured out. I don't have any schooling experience. I don't have the education to give people advice in the same way that you do, for instance, right? Like I don't have clinical education and understanding. I can't read your labs and that stuff. I could have had a lot of clients in 2019 based on my pictures and given a lot of people advice. Well, guess what? I gained a lot of weight in 2020 and I struggled and I struggled in 2021 and I'm still trying to figure out what works for me every day. I still don't have it figured out. Like the advice that I would be giving people, like, first of all, I don't know if it's going to work for you. And second of all, I still don't know if it's going to work for me because I'm still figuring it out. So I could have told a lot of people how to do it in 2019 but yet it wasn't something that I could even stick to. And so like, why am I giving people advice on something that doesn't even work for me? And that's, what's just like, I see that all the time. Um, but I think that you have to be able to just find a way to celebrate your wins. Like know what your triggers are going to be, know what's going to throw you off guards. I love the making a plan ahead of time. And then also making a plan for like, okay, here's what my plan is for the day after Thanksgiving. Like stop torturing yourself about Thanksgiving and worry about like, how am I just going to like move on the day after Thanksgiving or whatever that might look like? I don't want people to also think that because I've eaten off plan or I wasn't eating only meat, only carnivore, that's why I'm not having the full healing because that's normally not right. the case. I just work with too many carnivores at this point that that is not the needle that's making it. Sure, there are some people with gut issues if they go to strict carnivore for a while, then yes, they may have further healing because they're just reducing their inflammation. At that core of it, it's reducing inflammation that helps a lot of things to heal. But it is not because you had one cheat food or one seasoning or one thing off plan that is that's why you are not healing or you haven't lost all your weight. And I know we are seeking those answers. But sometimes it's just 
healing is a journey. This way of eating is a journey and there's going to be ups and downs without me controlling any of my diet. I just eat as I need. My weight goes up and down five pounds plus or minus throughout the weeks. And it's very normal, right? When we're around our period, we may hold a little bit more water. And I just think that if we, again, take the driver's seat and just allow things to happen, stay the course and what will allow you to stay consistent and figure that out for yourself, I think that is the right answer. And sometimes it's not the easy or short answer. If you think in the future five years, it w- it's what will bring you happiness ultimately is when you're consistent, you're not always fretting over food, worried over macros, worrying over calculators, worrying over when you can eat, what time you can eat, what biohack. I mean, I, I think about the cold plunges. I know that there's benefits in them, but is it a placebo effect right now that because everybody's doing it, right? Just like how everyone was doing the red light. Like, yeah. is that a placebo effect for now? Because everyone is saying that they're getting all these benefits. I know there are real benefits, but how much of it is also placebo since we're all we have mirror neurons, right? We're seeing somebody say they have all these benefits. And so then I try it. And how much of that is also just the mindset of us even having that mindset. And if we could just use those thoughts to then say, this time I am going to heal this time I am going to get through the holidays, and not think of it as this torturous period that you have to get over, right. but just take it day by You're day. You're not like biting the towel yes. and like grin and bear it and struggling and torturous and sitting there staring at everybody else, like feeling miserable, right? Like, Get some things that you love. I mean, you're going to be at my house for Thanksgiving, so there's not going to be any <laughs> temptations here, okay? <laughs> Tell Kevin to bring his own dessert if he wants it. But we're going to, I mean, like, I'm going to plan fun things for us to eat. We're going to do fun things. Like, we're going to have a great time. Like, you know, plan something extra special for you to eat or, you know, do whatever it is that you want to do. Um, but also then make a plan for, like, what does the next day look like? And I think, you know, Decide where is the line between happiness and health? Because you and I say this all the time. We both could probably be five pounds thinner. I could be. I mean, granted, I'm going to have surgery to cut off some things that I'm not happy with. We'll talk about that. That was supposed to be what we're talking about today. <laughs> Clearly, that's going to have to wait until next week. Um, but I think you, there is the balance still between happiness and health and like this optimization and how perfect. And maybe I would be thinner. Maybe I would have better muscle tone, but like, also we talked about this in the biohacking episode. Is that really the life that I want to live? And I am very healthy. I am extremely healthy. I'm healthier than I have ever been in my entire life. And I'm 38 years old, right? Could I be healthier? Maybe, maybe I could be 10% healthier if I dedicated my entire life to it. And I, put three more hours a day into biohacking and eating cleaner and um, meal prepping and eliminating seasonings and walking and doing all the other things. Like maybe I could be 10% happier, but like I would be a lot or I would be 10% healthier, but I'd be a lot less happy. And so while I don't want to just like eat a bunch of McDonald's and say, well, I want to be happy. There is still a balance of not obsessing and optimizing. And you know what else? Because I'm at my peak happiness level with what I'm doing and my like mostly peak health level, probably right. I'm able to be really consistent with it. And I'm no longer going through these crazy cycles anymore that are inevitably making me unhealthier because I'm not able to stick to it. Yeah. One thing that um, Jim Rohn says at uh, the end of his book, he brings up, if there is an area in your life that you want to improve, um, then make a plan for it. So if you want to gain wealth, then create a wealth plan. If you want a um, a weight loss plan, then obviously create a weight loss plan and whatever else in your life that you want to change. And I, I ask people to just think about 
what brings you true happiness? Is it really a size in your pants? Is it really a certain macro? Is it a certain, <laughs> why did I say something wrong? <laughs> you said, you said, is it a size in your pants? <laughs> Listen, Judy, size does not matter. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Is it your waist size? Let's yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm a six year old boy. I'm sorry, so uh, not six year old. Six year old. No, I said, I'm a I'm a junior high boy. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'm very sorry. Back on no, track. No, but it, I mean, but <laughs> figuring out what makes sense for you, and I know people want to start carnivore because they want to heal from something, or maybe they want to do quick weight loss, or yeah. they're trying to get over a food addiction. But I really think people should spend some time. Ever since I was in my 20s, I would take time and write like a life plan. I know it sounds so dorky, but I, and I forgot which book I got that idea from. But it's when it comes to family, God, uh, relationships, career. And it's like, what are my short term goals? So within a year or six months, and you define this however you want. And then what are your five year goals? And I, I haven't done that in a long time. But that really helps you to prioritize. So then on a daily basis, am I doing things in my life to make that become real. And so if I die tomorrow, was I the good mom that I wanted to be? And am I doing something today to affirm that as a mother, right? So I think of things like that when I know it would be so great to fit into my old pants and stuff, but it's not a priority of mine. My kids come before that. Nutrition with Judy comes before that. Serving the community and my clients and God. And I, I really think if people can just sit down and think, what will make my life better? What what will incrementally make my life better? And am I doing that every single day? And I think it was the seven habits of highly effective people. They asked that question. And for a lot of people, it's sleep. If I could just have 15 extra minutes that would make your life better, what would you do? And for certain people, it's sleep. And so then that should be your priority. Because if something that you do for just 15 minutes can make your life incrementally better, then that should become yeah. an actual priority. If people could just sit down and even define that, like, what does that mean for you? What will fulfill your life? What will bring you happiness? What will, what is it about the carnivore diet, whether it's strict or not? Like, what will ultimately bring you that consistency, that happiness that you are striving for and have a plan for it? So what does that mean on a yearly basis, monthly, and then on a day-to-day basis? And if you're marching to that on a daily basis that, hey, I spent time with my kids or I ate pretty clean today then then that's that's all you need. And that's the daily wins. And that's how you know you're marching in the right direction. And even if your weight loss is slower, your healing is slower, don't worry about that. Because in time, things can come. And if it doesn't come in several months, then maybe you work with someone and figure out what what else do I need to do? You don't have to know all the answers today. And, and that's okay. Right. I think if you can do a consistent right? Meat-based diet. Maybe you have a vegetable here or there, whatever. But like, if you are mostly carnivore consistently, it's going to get you 90% of the way to your results. Like with weight loss, even if you don't have the right macros, this is my point. Like without having the right macros, without having the exact right fasting windows, without having the exact right, you know, um, type of meat, without having all those things perfected, you can get 90% of the way there. Now, whatever that last 10% is, maybe you do have to tweak your macros. Maybe you do have to tweak something. Maybe you need some, um, now supplements or root cause healing, like something else has to go. But I really truly think most people, unless you are very sick from other things, most people just need to focus on consistency. They don't need to worry about their perfect fat to protein ratio. They don't need to worry about their perfect intermittent fasting window, their perfect exercise routine. They need to focus on being consistent with their diet. Cause I think that the majority of people 
consistency is the problem. I am one of those people. And that's the thing that I've spent the last four and a half years tweaking and fixing and figuring out is how do I stay consistent? Because I'll tell you, none of the other things made any difference for me whatsoever. If anything, it just caused me to not be consistent because it was too hard to stick to. I think that's the number one thing. All you have to do is just, how do I make it through today? How do I make it through today? However I can, right? What's my one non-negotiable thing? I just have to make it through today because consistency matters more than anything else. No, that's exactly it. And if your daily routine makes it harder for you to stay consistent, then that's probably not the right uh, daily routine for you. So I think going back to making a plan, being in the driver's seat, and just having a heart to heart with yourself. When I used to write those plans, I would go to, there was a local lake near our home, and I would just sit there being so dramatic and listening to music, and I would write. (laughs) But I mean, it it was so thought provoking to figure out what do I really want with life? Like, what does it mean to me at that age? And then you just update it every however much you need to. But that will really give you the answers for you, not following some influencer. I mean, if we really understand that the nocebo and placebo effect are very real, and it's pretty scary how real it is. Yeah. then we can will our way to just have the life that we want to live. And and sometimes you incorporate faith in that. And that's how I live my life. But you have to find again, what works for you. Being scared of everything and being scared of the holidays and going in with that mindset is not the way that you're going to stay consistent or, you know, be free from everything during the holidays. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this was unexpected, but I think it was good. I mean, look, hey, we talked for almost an hour about this. So hopefully this was uh, impactful. And then next week we'll talk about um, surgery, maybe, you know, skin and excess skin and all that good stuff, fasting, all the good stuff. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to share and leave us a review and leave any comments and questions on Apple Podcasts. We will read and answer your questions and comments on an upcoming podcast episode. This also helps us to share our real talk with more community members. You can also find me on my other podcast, Nutrition with Judy, on all podcast channels. You can also follow my content on Nutrition with Judy's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find Carnivore Cure in paperback, ebook, and audio on Amazon. I also have a blog post and weekly newsletter with nutrition and wellness updates. You can sign up at nutritionwithjudy.com. You can find Laura on Instagram at Laura East Bath. You can follow along on her daily stories and see some of her funny skits. You can also find Laura on her YouTube channel where she shares tips on living a meat-based lifestyle. If you're wondering how much meat to eat in a day, week, or month, Laura has you covered. She also shares how to make a perfect sear on a steak and how extended fasting looks like in real life. You can find her YouTube channel by searching Laura's Bath. Thanks again for listening to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. And remember, make sure to cut against the grain. <laughs>